Awesome. Well, here we are again. I think it's like time is just flying. It's already Friday. But anything can happen tonight. And this is why I'm excited because God is here and we are here. And so, so this is a day for miracles. Miracles. Nothing is impossible today. All things are possible now. God is who He says He is. His word is true. He is true. Like everything He says is true. It will never change. All right, so um, I'm excited. In a while, we're going to show you some just short uh, presentations that we did for some of our healing school uh, conferences. Um, there's two that we're going to show. But I want you to see the images of us ministering to people. But let me quickly give you background on that. The work is finished. Christ did it all. You cannot add to it. There's nothing you can do. Christianity is not about what you do for God, but it's about what He did for you in Christ. All right? So now that it's done, He gave His best, it's finished, our life is in response to what He did. And so there's two sides to my life that I want to explain to you that I believe that, that maybe it will help you. This is the way I view it. I don't have to do anything. God loves me no matter what I do. His love for me will never change. Unchanging, unconditional love that's not based on my performance. I'm not trying to please a God that I believe deep down in my heart is not pleased. Nothing I do, even the outreach we do, is not to please Him. He loves me and He's pleased. Now, I get to respond to that. And I get to worship Him. And so my deeds today is worship unto Him. Everything I do. And that's where obedience comes in. Your obedience to the small things, things that God speaks in your heart, is, is, is actually the privilege you have of worshiping Him through your own obedience, through the things you do. You responding. Don't be afraid of the word obedience, even in the New Testament. It's just a total different platform from where you do it. You're not doing it to try and please God that you believe is not pleased. God loves you the way you are. But because you've realized what He did, you now act accordingly and you start living in obedience and following those promptings of the Spirit and living the life that He wants you to live. So whatever you see in this presentation is just us responding to Him. Don't, don't, don't make much of it. Don't make much of it. This is just a small glimpse of what can happen when someone's life was impacted by the grace of God. And, and you can do the same. All right, so you get to worship. You'll, you'll hear in the one presentation I say, we get to worship. In the Old Covenant, if you didn't obey God, it's more or less like this. This prophet, he went on a mission and God spoke to him. And then the older prophet convinced him to come and eat with him. And, it, and God said, you should not stop anywhere, but go to a certain place. And then a lion waited for him and he became lion food. All right, so do you want the old or the new? Say, so thank God for the new. 
<laughs> Thank God. Thank God for the new. So there was terrible, there was consequences for disobedience, and you see it in Deuteronomy 28, and there's a curse uh, for disobeying God. Now, we are forgiven for our disobedience. We have faith in what Christ has done. That doesn't mean we disobey on purpose. We have been forgiven. Now, anything we do now is just a response to what He did. And it's worship unto God. Isn't that awesome? So, so, so <laughs> the Great Commission is not the Great Suggestion. Can I get an amen? Okay. So you get the commission. Go into all the world. You know what? If you never lift yourself <laughs> from the seat, <laughs> almost, almost used another word. If you never lift yourself from the seat, God will still love you. Uh, his love will never change. But now that you know what He did in response, how do you live? So, what you can do not, is not trying to work for God and do great things for, for Him. What He wants is you yielding. He says, yield your bodily members. Yield yourself to Him and let Him live through you. Amen. It's the best you can give God. is to say, here I am, Lord. Use me. Flow through me. Touch the world through me. Here I am, Lord. So I worship Him by presenting myself as a living sacrifice, Romans 12, and I say, here I am, Lord. Come on, I get to worship God. All right, so I have two thoughts in my mind. Sometimes it's just plain thinking this way. I live to act on what I believe. I live to act, <laughs> act on, what you, on what I believe. All right? So I'm thinking I should pull the trigger. And other times, I'm just so overwhelmed with what God did for me that it just flows out of worship, like out of my heart as worship. It's like the lady that poured the oil or like that, that, uh, on the feet of Jesus or anointed the, the, the feet of Jesus and tears coming out of her eyes and pouring the oil on, on, on his, the perfume on his feet. So she, she acted in worship. I, I, won't, I won't go into the detail of that story, but do you know, she didn't do that because she felt bad and wanted to repent. No, if you read the story, Jesus explained the story, and He said to them, He said to Simon, He said, uh, the Pharisee in the house of, uh, the Pharisee that He was in, He said, do, do you see this woman? So basically, Jesus said what she's doing is because of thankfulness. He, he said, do you, do you see this woman? Look at what she's doing. And that was, the that was her responding to the forgiveness of Christ. So I'll, I won't share the story. Maybe uh, on Sunday I'll share the story, the whole story. Sorry, I just mentioned it, but for time's sake, the woman acted in worship. Not to try and get something, but she was just overwhelmed because she made true forgiveness. Amen. Jesus didn't forgive her when after the whole story. He mentioned, he said, your sins are forgiven. But actually, her response was to the forgiveness that she got when she met forgiveness. He said, he freely forgave them both. 
look at this woman. In other words, look at her response when someone knows how much she's being forgiven of. It's time for us to do something. <laughs> I like that song. Thinking of, you know, God, what will you do about this? Will you do something about this? He said, I did. I created you. <laughs> or recreated you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Wow. Okay, so I'm, I'm just now, now so blessed by this. <laughs> I think we should go for it. I think we should go for it. Hold nothing back. It's worship unto God. What you saw there was worship unto God. It's a lifestyle of worship. Obedience is worship unto God in the new. So therefore, obedience is, is, is our worship. It's, it's, not, it's not a sacrifice. You can't really call it a sacrifice compared to what Christ has done. You're basically sacrificing your dead, old, religious self for God's life. It's sacrificing your depression for His joy. It's sacrificing your sickness for His health. Sacrificing all of your own troubles for His goodness. Yeah, so what a sacrifice. So, <laughs> what a sacrifice, right? I think the decision is easy. Thank you, Lord. We, after what He did, what else can we do? All right, so I just want to jump right into it tonight. Um, we spoke on the provision of God for healing, that every single person was already healed more than 2,000 years ago. So when is the right time for healing? Well, the time for healing is already in the past, meaning the right time is now. Now. So God is not postponing anything. Get that out of your thought. God will not heal them tomorrow. Uh, we spoke about it. Sometimes we pray and we see a time period pass, but it's the time period for your heart to be convinced that God is so good that He did it in advance. So any postponing, futuristic uh, thing, manifesting later on is not God's perfect will, but it shows you God is still good. And you, there's a moment in time that you believed and the thing manifested. But God was willing to do it yesterday. In fact, He did it 2,000 years ago. He already healed you. And He healed me. He made us whole. The price was paid. Faith only receives what Christ already did. And so, so now when we go out and pray for people, God already healed the people that we're going to meet. And so what we need to do now is lay hands on them, expecting the healing that He already paid for to manifest in their physical bodies. Because He paid the price. It is finished. It is done. We are healed. Say, I'm healed. It's true. And so the more we hear it and believe it, the more that will be your reality day in and day out. I'm telling you, I believe that we can live in the fullness of what God promised us. And if you sit here today and you have sickness in your body, there is no condemnation for you. So you can ask, what did I do wrong? Well, you were born in a world full of sin and sickness. That's what you did. You did nothing. You were just born. So the only reason for you being sick or anyone being sick is sin that entered through Adam. That caused the world to fall in sin, that caused the world to be a fallen world where sin and sickness and death manifest. 
But now Jesus came to restore. And He came and took the sin of the world upon Himself. The cause for all the trouble came upon Jesus. Now, just as the Israelites looked at the snake on the pole and lived, so we can now look to Jesus Christ on the cross and live. I mean, if we can just speak of communion now, you'll just realize that it's the, it's the way to receive all that Christ has done. It's communion is just us thinking of what Christ already did, the price that He already paid, and receiving that. All right, so, but now that's true. And then I also mentioned the next day I said that the just shall live by faith. Okay, so the just shall live by faith. Who is the just? Raise your hand. It's those who have been justified. We can have a whole week of a conference just on the fact that you have been justified, declared righteous, and washed in the blood. Christians, I've, I've preached this, and, and I've come to notice that very few people really have this foundation deep. That they still think they are not clean, holy, and pure. They think, they think that what they did and what they think and what they say is bigger than the blood of Jesus. Now let me just put it, this in perspective. When I just got born again, uh, one day I was on this outreach. We called it Strandings. We went with the students to certain uh, beaches, and then we ministered to the young people or to the people on the streets or on the beach or wherever, and so we went on this outreach. So here I was, six months born again, <laughs> going on an outreach. All I knew was that God completely changed my life. All I knew was what happened with me. I'm a different person and I can tell people about it. And so now I'm on this outreach. And so in this outreach, I've, I've failed miserably according to the, the things that I've learned now that I should live in and be in. And I felt like the most wicked sinner on the face of this earth. I'm here to tell people about Jesus, and I just messed up 100%. So now I'm thinking, well, I think I have to go back now and start all over again. So I sat there on a dune there at Hentis Bay, Namibia, and I'm thinking, I'm lost again. And so then God started speaking to me. He says, look at the ocean. I looked. He said, do you see the ocean? I said, yes. He said, now, your sin, past, present, and future, is like a drop compared to the ocean. And the ocean is my blood and the grace in your life. Why are you stuck with that drop if you can have the ocean and receive what I did for you and move on? I said, thank you, Jesus. I went back preaching. As the righteousness of God, as Paul himself did, after he killed many Christians, and God appeared to him, and he took his mission, and he went for it. Guys, you've been washed in the blood. You've been cleansed. You've been perfected by one sacrifice once for all. This is the one thing also that can disqualify you in your mind, that maybe you're not up for it. Maybe you're not right to minister to the people. You are the righteousness of God. 
as you pray for people, you can know this. You are the righteousness of God, and you're praying for them based on what Christ has done, not based on your life and where you are and where you think you are and where you think you should be. It's the best thing you can do. Go and pray for people, and you'll see yourself getting out of that mess where you're looking at your own life and trying to better yourself. Be busy with what God is doing on earth. And your eyes are off of yourself, off of your mess, on Jesus and on His people, and boom! Victory. <laughs> Amen. This is a good word. <laughs> this is God speaking to you. It liberates you. It's one of the things that disqualifies people. It's the own guilt and condemnation that they walk in. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I don't want to get stuck here, but sin is sin, but the blood is the blood. I'll repeat. Sin is sin. Don't ever try and justify sin. It's clear. Sin is sin. It never becomes a good thing. No, never. Never, never, never. But God justified you. You don't have to justify sin because He justified you. Powerful. Sin is sin. And it's not good. And it will never become a good thing. And will always have the same Results. But the blood is the blood. And it also always will have the same results. All right. So <laughs> I just wanted to liberate you tomorrow to go and pray for people, not thinking it's based on your works. You're not good enough. <laughs> you, you failed. Jesus didn't fail. And the people you're going to pray for is already healed. So I, I'm sorry, it's too late. It's too late to turn back now. We need to go and heal them and lay hands on them and get them well. All right, so let me just get back to my message. So, so, so I said the just shall live by faith. Okay, the just is those that are justified. So I got stuck with that part. The just. <laughs> the just. The just shall live by faith. How do you live by faith? I said the main part of living by faith is constantly hearing Him. Hearing the message about Christ, or the message of Christ, or Jesus speaking. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing the Word. So when you keep on hearing Jesus, faith will grow in your heart, and results will increase. <laughs> so what can we do? We live to know Him day by day, more and more, day by day, more and more, until we fully know Him. Here's the thing. He wants you to know Him as He knows you. So He invites you to that life. So, so, so live that life daily. If you forgot about it for two days, get up the next day and say, thank you, Jesus, there's no condemnation, your blood made a way, and I want to know you today. <laughs> and maybe you forgot for a week to speak to Jesus. The invitation has come now to the throne of grace. Receive mercy, receive grace, mercy for your failures, meaning, yo, I can't get stuck there. Too much, too much. <laughs> but the mercy you receive is actually the, the, the fact that you now believe what the mercy accomplished for you. So you're going to receive a clear conscience at the throne of grace. I'll repeat. You're going to receive a clear conscience at the throne of grace as you look at what Christ has done. Go and get a clear conscience, will you? Where? At the throne of grace. 
The invitation is come now. Amen. Just as you are. Just as you are. Go and receive mercy for your failures and grace to help in good time for every need. Coming when you need it. All right. So I've just left another. Um, this is truth. That just will, will just oh, do great things in us. So thank you, Jesus. So now the just shall live by faith. Uh, faith is hearing constantly. And then another part of faith where we're going to go on again tonight is to pull the trigger. You pull the trigger by acting on what you believe or speaking what you believe. If you stand to this mountain, be removed, do, and do, uh, be cast into the sea, do not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will take place, it will be done. Therefore, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that it is granted and you will have it. Don't pray to see if it's granted. Believe it's granted and pray and you will have it. <laughs> All right? So um, then there's the other part is the action of faith. Uh, you get it also in James. Faith without works is dead. Doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. It just means faith without the pulling of the trigger has no effect on the world you live in. So it's dead for you, and it's dead for the world you live in, and it's not going to have an effect on people around you. So it's in that sense dead. You will still go to heaven. Not that that's the goal, but I mean we, our goal is to know Christ. But, but in a sense, you'll still be saved. Your faith is not dead. You now lost Jesus, but your faith has no effect on the world that you live in. So your faith is dead. Why? Because you don't have the works corresponding with your faith. And what is the works? It's the pulling of the trigger. You never step out on what you believe. You always just year and year and year and just never do what you believe. So what is faith works? It's just this thing you do based on what you believe. I'll explain a few examples of faith works to you. Even in the old, Moses, stretch forth your hand over the sea and divide it. How many of you know the Bible says, Moses, stretch forth your hand over the sea and divide it? Now imagine God told you, divide the sea. Uh-oh. <laughs> Marnes, divide the sea. Oh. <laughs> but now, no, no, you, you're looking at the wrong part. There's a little part that you must do, and that's the trigger. Stretch forth your hand over the sea and divide it. He didn't mean go scoop the water. He meant boom. And that is a faith act. And the miracle took place, and the waters opened because Moses stretched forth his hand according to the word of God. So sometimes it will be a specific instruction and God tells you to do it, do it. But other times it's just looking on purpose for a place to pull the trigger. You believe in healing? Find someone to lay hands on them. No person in this house was made sick by anyone else in this house. You cannot blame the church. You cannot blame us. You cannot blame anyone. It's the world that you live in that caused the sickness. You cannot even blame yourself. You have not asked to be born in this world 
you were born into it, and this is what you got. This is the world that you live in, and that is why you are sick. And if someone comes to you tonight, there's no reason for you to be offended with them. What if they pray for me and I'm not healed? You were sick when you came. And you can get better when they pray for you. Or you remain the same. But prayer has no side effects. Sorry, I want to speak because sometimes the sick is offended before people even pray for them. I, I, I have news for you. You came the way you came. We love you, therefore we're going to pray for you and expect God to heal you. And what I'll do is, I'll pray until you're well. I'll not stop until I see you perfected in the perfect health and life of God. That's what I will do. But I did not make anyone sick in this house, and so did not did any of the other people here. And so what we need to do is say, come on, man. Pray for me. Give it your best shot. <laughs> I mean, they're going to pray for you, and you're either just going to be the same or you're going to become perfectly well. <laughs> and it's amazing if, if that's what you want. Isn't that awesome? Oh, come on. Come on. I'm liberating the church to go. I'm saying this also in the sense of the church, that people in general would know that, listen, no person brought whatever, even your emotional sickness, no one did it. It's, it's, it's what happened to you based on the world that you live in. It's no specific person's fault. Don't blame anyone. Come and receive and hear and, re and look to Jesus and receive what He paid for with His own blood. No one loves you more than Jesus. And the church loves you. That's why they want to pray for you always. So there's not, like so I'm speaking to the sick, but let's let's now speak to the people that will go and heal the sick. You never made anyone sick. Your prayer will not make them worse. Go and lay hands on them. Sorry for being so blunt. But now if we never go, we don't love. Okay, so I've said it yesterday, I can't repeat everything, and again I've uh, used all, all, almost all my time just to recap. <laughs> but now, <laughs> let's continue. <laughs> so, um, we, we live by faith, um, or, uh, the just shall live by faith. We hear the word, we act upon what we believe, and we speak it. So, practically, this is how it looks for us if we go into the street. This is what I do. This is not the law of praying for the sick. This... God will teach you as you go, as He taught me. But this is what we do, and we find that this works very well for us. Remember, we are teaching the simple method of laying hands on the sick as a trigger. But your prayer is a trigger. The word you speak is a trigger. The oil that you put on the head of the person is a trigger. There's many triggers. It's an act of faith. Uh, whatever you do in faith... Jesus spat on the ground, put it on the, the mud on the eyes of that guy, and he received his sight. It was, it, was, it was his way of ministry. So now we do something in faith, and we expect God to, to, to just manifest what we already believe. Because we believe they already healed or in the healing that Christ paid for, we go and lay hands on the sick as a basic trigger. And so I want to teach that first. But all the rest works the same. 
So we speak over the phone and we've heard people being healed on the other side and it's quite exciting when you hear them throwing away their crutches and jumping up and down. <laughs> and you, you didn't even touch them. Or we pray over cloths and a person received the cloth and they re report that they've been healed completely. Isn't that amazing? There's no distance in the spirit. You can pray for a guy in China without him knowing and his cancer can disappear. That, I believe these things. After, if you've been here the first two nights, you don't have to look at me weird now. <laughs> but if you haven't been here, I understand, if you don't understand. But really, it's not about the person you pray for believing. It's about you believing when you pray. But the person can be healed without you praying, but then they would have been healed already. So it's like this. People come to the front for prayer. And they'd say, no, I'm fine. They just want to speak, confess the truth. I'd say, okay, I understand, but what is wrong? No, nothing is wrong. I said, no, 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 no. What do you mean nothing is wrong? Then why are you standing here? They, then I have to pull it out of them that they are actually sick. They want prayer, but they just want to speak the truth. I said, no, no, you can just tell me. It's not your confession. You, just, you, you are just telling me what's wrong now. That doesn't mean this is, this is what you're going to walk with and live with. So let me pray for you. So, the thing is, if the people that I am praying for believe the report of the Lord, they would have been well before. So, th the reason I'm praying for them is because we're all growing in our faith. And I want you to know that growing in your faith is okay. That we are trusting God and growing in our trust in God. I don't want to emphasize that because our faith is in a perfect, perfect God that can do anything any moment. So, I expect miracles. Any moment. <laughs> but I'm okay with knowing that I'm growing in my faith. And so should you be, that we are growing in our faith and trust in Jesus. We are growing in believing in Him more and more. All right, so, so uh, where was I now? My gedachtes. My vrou, can you under? Help. Okay, what we do. Thank you. So here's what we do. This is not the way it should be. We approach it like this. Um, people we meet, we want to show them something about who God is. So the compassion is not just the love that we approach them with or even the hug that we give them, which is a good thing. That is already a, a step of faith. The hugging is already, you know, hug someone in faith and you'll see amazing results. We've heard about a person getting saved by a hug. All right, so hugging is good. But the love we want to show them is the uh, miracle that's going to manifest. So Jesus had compassion on them and He healed them. He healed them. So, so we want to see that happening. So what I normally do is, I approach the person, and my first thought would be, I want to show him that God is real. I want to show him that God is real. So I, I, I'm a little bit, I've learned to be nice, but straight to the point. I said, hello, hello, sir. You know, what we do is we pray for people. And we pray for the sick. Can I pray for you for anything? All right, is there any, any pain in your body? Okay, no, I need a job. Normally the, the finances comes first. I said, brother, yes, we'll pray for that job as well. But let's pray for something. Do you have a pain in your shoulder maybe? You know, so then I trust the word of knowledge to come in. 
And if it doesn't come in, I'll just ask. Just to make sure the guy knows that I'm here to pray for him for something specific. The word of knowledge also shows him God. So that's another time for another gift and another, but you can use them together. So I won't go, do you have this? Do you have this? Do you? I'll just go once or twice and, and just, just test what I feel and hear. So do you maybe have pain in your back? No. It's okay. Don't worry about it. What can I pray for? Or do you have pain in your back? Yes. How did you know that? Well, you know, we, we are here ministering towards uh, uh, ministering to people and God uses us in words of knowledge and this is what it is he told me about your back pain <laughs> yes it's true and so you get a thought and you step out right there and you show the person Jesus all right so I want to show him so the first thing I go for is a physical thing that we can see if there's a group of five I look for the ones with pain so there's five, there's one, I ask for, so no one has pain, that's good, let's just minister and pray for them, but I'm telling you, a lot of them are just very scared to tell you, because they don't know what you're going to do, because they've seen people pray for the sick, and they fall and roll and um, gooi op op die carpet, <laughs> so what they've seen about miracles and healings is quite rough. I mean, they've seen people pray for people like Rabba Shakala Mandaka, and this guy, this sick person is shaking, you know. So, so they, they, they just want to check you out. What are you about? So, what, listen, I'm not against praying in tongues. We pray in tongues a lot. But understand that the way some people pray, they can injure the person worse. My story of prayer has no side effects. Only work if you pray like I pray, pray you know. <laughs> prayer can have side effects if you shake the person. He or the guy can maybe come, become worse. Can I tell a funny story? I was there at a conference, and this guy preached before me. But he was, he was very fiery. And I was very scared for the way he's going to pray. And, and, and my, my fear realized, like it happened. So he got this guy on a chair. And he started praying. This guy came out of the hospital. He has bandages all over his legs. The guy is sick, terribly sick. Smelling with, like, to be honest, the guy, yeah, he had cancer and, and, and sores on his legs. It was really bad. And so this guy came, and now we have this guy and his ministry team, and they are praying for him. But they are shaking him. So I'm thinking, I used to play rugby. I got wrong thoughts, forgive me, church. But I'm thinking I should get this guy free from the pastor. And God just said to me, sit still, your time is coming. I thought, oh, here, let the man do it, Mark. And so there I was. And now my turn came for preaching. So we had a break, and it's my turn. Now this guy was crying. He just sat there crying, the sick guy. In pain, terrible pain. They took him out of hospital because I, I don't know what they did, but he came out of hospital not well at all. They just trusted God for a miracle. 
He's at his end. This guy is very bad, sick. So now I thought, okay, God is with me. And so, so, so I'm so thankful for God, God's grace, because I did a, a, a bold thing. I said, come, sir. This guy just looked at me. <laughs> he said, I'm not coming for round two. <laughs> Second round of shaking and pulling. I'm, on, I'm in pain. I can't take it anymore. You guys are going to kill me. I said, come. He said, no. I said, please, sir, I will not hurt you. I will just put my hand softly on your head, and I want to see what happens. Is that okay? Is that a-? So I made a deal. He came reluctantly to the front again, second time. So I prayed for this guy, and I said to these men at a men's conference, I said, I want to show you how easy this is. Now everyone is already, and these guys at the back that just were praying, I got the glare from the side. But I ignored them. Because it's about this guy. I said, I want to show you how easy it is. But now I'm taking bold steps, because this guy is terribly sick. So I took his hand, I said, Sir, I pray for you in the name of Jesus. And I ask that the pain will just leave right now. How do you feel? And he burst into tears. He got up from that chair, arms raised high, praised Jesus all the way, up and down, cried. His friends came and hugged him, and he was healed by the grace of God. Now, so little effort. It just took this. Versus all the shaking, praying, shouting had no results. It's not in the shout. If you shout, may it be by faith. Jesus, and then boom, they get healed. May you shout by faith. But it's not how loud you pray. It's not how soft you pray. It's just in stepping out in faith. Okay, so what we do is we approach it a little bit gently. Like bold, but I'm, I'm, I'm like, oom, hoe gaan het vandag? Yo, boetie, my my rug is besig om te and then I sympathize a bit. Sorry for the English. I sympathize a bit. And then I say, okay, but let's pray for you. And I pray in that way, and God answers prayer. Come on, guys. Listen, or let me say it like this. I pray based on what Christ has done. So I speak. I say, pain, go. Or I ask, and I say, I ask that the pain will just leave right now. Jesus, I pray. So, so, so here's the thing. I even speak to Jesus. Because I've heard this. So I've, uh, like people get, get technical. So they say, you must speak to the Father, not to Jesus. Well, He's the everlasting Father. Yeah. You know, the Bible calls Him everlasting Father. And so, so the technical thing, confu- like... If I speak to Clarissa, I call her my wife, like, or not I call her my wife, I call her Clarissa, Leafy, whoever, she responds. She knows I'm talking to her. God knows you're talking to Him. The faith that you talk to Him in is enough. Father, Holy Spirit, Jesus, whatever you want to call Him, He knows you're speaking to Him. So now you, you, you just have that out of the way. You just speak whatever you pray. So I would ask, Jesus, I've asked that you heal this person in, Jesus, in your name. 
Father, thank you that you healed this person in the name of Jesus, or whatever. So I pray like that, and then I ask the person, how are you, sir? Or if they had a pain, I ask them to, will you just test and feel? They say, oh, it's better. Or, wow, it's gone. Well, praise Jesus, sir. This is Jesus. No man can do this. This is the work of the Lord. I don't always say that, but, you know, sometimes I do. So I say, okay, I'm so happy for you, sir. God did a miracle. Okay, the guy is not well. What do I do? Don't worry, sir. Let's pray again. How, how are you now? <laughs> so what I'll do is I'll go again. And I'll go a third time as well. And most of the time, they are healed the first time. I don't want you to have faith that it's going to happen only at the third time. Because God did it before you prayed. God's perfect will is that you just touch them and they're well instantly. But sometimes our heart is not in that place where we just, we just believe it in simplicity and we struggle because we try too hard. A lot of our struggles is we try to get the sick healed. And, and, and your, your, the grace is just to lay hands on them. <laughs> okay, so I would pray like this. I ask or I'll speak. So while I pray, I use my imagination. And I see the person getting well. I see the cancer disappear in their bodies. I see the deaf ear here. So I have pictures of corks popping out of the ears of the deaf. And then they would say, it was like something popped out of my ear. What I see, they feel. Faith, you have an imagination, do you? Use it for good. See people well. Why? Because they are well. So you can... Now, you've, you've listened to the Word on healing. Now, imagine people well, because when you listen to the Word enough, it forms a picture in your heart that people are already healed. Now that they're already healed, you have a picture in your heart now manifested where you pray. I say they're already healed. If you hear it enough, the Word forms a picture in your mind, in your imagination. So you start believing. Believing is seeing from God's perspective. God sees you well. It's time to see yourself well. I know what the doctor said, and I know the report is real, and the pain in your body is real. I have no doubt that it's far worse than what we can even imagine, because I don't know what you are going through. I don't know your struggle, but I have compassion. But in my heart, I know what Christ has done. And the word of your healing needs to come into your ears until your heart believes it. Then you don't need anyone to pray for you. But don't use that as a thing, I don't want you to pray for me, I need to receive my own healing. There's people that have prayed for the sick with results. Let them lay hands on you. You get it? Both is of God. I don't know what you're going through, but God already healed you in Christ. The price is paid. It is finished. It is done. So, to recap what I, what I do, friendliness, a smile helps. Come on, guys. We have different personalities. But hey, just try and put a little smile there on your face when you approach the people in the street. It will take you far. <laughs> because if you look, Sir Tir, 
or you are so worried because now you know you have to pray and they need to get healed. So all the pressure is on you. No, take the pressure off and smile. You don't have to heal them. You can't heal a fly. <laughs> like what can I do? I can just put these hands expecting a God that can heal to heal. And that have healed. I, I, I can do that. <laughs> so, so put a smile on your face. Appro approach people in love. Get straight to the point. You want to show them something. So we're going to go specific. We're not going to pray for from Genesis to Revelation. And we're not going to explain Genesis to Revelation in that moment. We want to pray for them. So we get to the point and we pray. And if there's a pain and a physical thing that we can see now, we test if it's better on the spot. And if it's not better, you go again. But less effort this time. Remember the key? Less effort. <laughs> less trying to get them healed. <laughs> I mean, what can we do? <laughs> what can you do? What can I do? Let's lay hands again. And then the third time, even less effort. Don't go from more effort to more effort to more effort. Less effort, but lay the hand again. And see a picture. Get a picture of the light of God. I get a picture of the light of God going into someone's leg. And he said, I just felt the heat in my body and the pain left when you touched me. I felt it. So get a picture of the ear opening. I felt that something popped out of my ear when you prayed for me. Yes, I saw it. I saw a cork popping out of your ear. When they're really deaf, I see tennis balls. Like those machines, you know the bowling machines that shoots the ball? Tennis ball, those tennis balls, I just see like one of those machines shooting out a tennis ball. And the guy can hear. Deaf, 74 years in one ear. Boom! Thank you, Jesus. We have seen the deaf ear, guys. We have testimony of the testimony of deaf ears opening. For me... When you are struggling with hearing, I am very, very surprised if you're not healed. So in my heart, I have a clear picture. I know God heals the deaf, and we normally use that as an illustration that God is in the house that He works. Fifteen, ten, nine, eight people in one night many times. That is when your heart gets convinced and you just rest, and then miracles flow. But there's other areas that I struggle, but it's only in my mind. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. But now may God help us, Sean. May God help us to just relax and know that it's His work. What can we do? I, I like To be honest, I've never by effort healed the deaf. It's in fact that the fact that I rest so much that it manifests so easily. Clarissa is my witness and, and, and Christian and everyone that we have prayed for deaf people so easily. But other times we, other times we have struggled and tried and but I would never say I believed and it didn't happen. That's impossible. <laughs> because if you believe, it manifests. The moment you believe, it manifests. Okay, so now after you prayed three times, I'm sure they would be healed by then. I mean, actually the first time. Second time, third time. Okay, now that you pray, what if they are still in pain? You've did what you needed to do. You've approached them in love. You love them, that's why you prayed for them. 
it's not a, it's not, um, they are not your project. They are people that you love and you want to help them. So you've prayed for them. You've done what you could. Give them a hug. Say, I love you. I'll keep on praying for you. And then when you pray at home, just say, Lord, that lady that I prayed for, may you just touch her tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. And, and you forget about them. Oh, I hope this will not go down wrong in this house today. But you have to forget and move on. That doesn't mean you forget about the person completely, or, but you forget about thinking of it every moment. If you think of the person, pray for the person. I'll, Philippians. Philippians. Philippians 4, verse 4. Okay, Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. You know that song? Verblij, jy'll verblij al in die dochters. Philippians 4, verse 4. You know, prophet Kobus used to do that. Okay, but anyway. Sorry, sorry, I got carried away. Sorry, vergewe my man. Okay. Maar in elk geval, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. It says, then it says, make your wants known to God through prayer and thanksgiving. So you think of someone that you prayed for, that you, you ministered to, but they were not healed on the spot. What do you do? Just pray for them. Thank you, Lord, that you heal them. Amen. And forget. Your meditation on it, your worries about it, your stress about it will not make it happen. Your stress cannot make it happen. I have a family. If I sleep with every person I prayed for that were not healed on my mind, I would be depressed. Because I've done many funerals. This is not a faith-destroying moment. This is reality. We've done many funerals of people we've prayed for. But because of what I've learned, I can enjoy, enjoy, pray for people, expecting God still to do what He said He will do. And I've seen amazing things. Joy and peace is the green lights. Joy and peace gone is the red lights. Meaning you're in effort when the joy and the peace is gone. When you trust Jesus, there is joy and peace. Come on, people. So forget what lies behind. <laughs> Stretch forward to what lies ahead. <laughs> you pray for someone. You've done your part. You even prayed three times saying, God bless you. I love you. And look with a smile for the next person. And let God be God. So after the third time, if I prayed for someone and they were not healed, I'm just going through the whole motion. I don't want, to, want you to expect three times. No. First time. <laughs> you lay hands on the sick, they get well. That's the Word of God. Not you lay hands on them three times. <laughs> you lay hands on them once. <laughs> but I want to help you as we go out tomorrow. After I prayed three times, I would sometimes go a fourth time or the, by the third time I would say, Lord, thank you that you healed this person. I speak a word of life and healing over them. Amen. God bless you. I love you. See you again. And I go on. I take my peace, my joy with me. And I've done what I could. Yeah, that's all that you can do. And, but, but now... Fear of failure will stop you from going and praying for people. What if they don't get, get healed? What, if, what should I say if they don't get healed? I told you last night, Jesus didn't say what to tell the people when they don't get healed because they su should get healed. 
The Bible never tells us what to tell the sick when they're not well, after we prayed. No, it says, go heal the sick. You lay hands on the sick, and they will get well. Here's the Bible for you. Mark chapter 16. You lay hands on the sick, and they will get well. Amen. No buts, ifs. <laughs> if you sound to this mountain, the mountain will move. No buts, ifs. <laughs> so God is so amazing that we can actually trust Him and believe Him and expect His results every single time. So for me, there's, the only end result is you either healed or we give up. <laughs> and we're not going to give up. <laughs> so we're going to trust God for the healing. You, you get it. We're not giving up. When we leave them after we pray the third time, it is our trust in what God will do. And will, He's true to His Word. And we leave it there. And we have had many people coming back. I can tell you testimony after testimony of people that I prayed for. The one uncle, he had cancer in, in his um, rigmerg, spine. Now I prayed for this one. He's in hospital. I was very young, student, on fire for God. Just prayed almost through the whole hospital. Saw blind people see, deaf people heard. It was amazing. Now I'm coming to this one. The fear van die Jere is op my. <laughs> I'm excited. I come, hey, I come in so very much. I say, hello, um, how can I meet you? Not good. Not good. Sorry, English. Not good. How are you, uncle? Not good. You can see. So this guy is in tears because of pain. And he has cancer. And they called the family. This, this can be the last few months of his life. They came back from Australia, from different places to come and greet their father. So now I'm at this bed with the family and with the worm, the uncle there. So I prayed for him. I'm full of the fire of God. I'm excited. I said, Worm, just move your back. He went like this. And he shouted. So I thought, no, I didn't. Like, now I'm thinking, actually, this guy is now worse off. Because I prayed for him, and I caused him to move, and he hurt his back. So I'm thinking, I said, I'm sorry, Wim. I really don't want to hurt you today. I almost started crying. I said, Wim, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't want you to get hurt. I just wanted to pray for you, and I want to see you well. But we did pray, and I believe God is true to His Word. Now I walk out thinking, maybe I should stop this. Someone will get hurt. It's better let the doctors deal with the sick. I'm busy now messing up people's lives. I just hurried the process. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. So I walked out, and I'm in the car, and I'm depressed. I said, Lord, but you said we should lay hands on the sick. And you said they will get well. I did it. 
I said, now it's up to you, Lord. <laughs> That's what I said. So I, I, well, I drove away. The next day, the guy called me in tears. He said, when you left, all my pains left. So now, next day, he said, they started doing tests. They find no trace of cancer. The man is healed. And I thought, it was a mess, but God is good. <laughs> the, 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 he came to testify 10, 15 years later in our church. And he testified. He said, he said, when I saw that little young man coming to pray for me, I thought, well, his prayer is not so impressive. <laughs> That's his testimony. I said, well, at least God is impressive. <laughs> he can do it. <laughs> One funny story of acting in faith is, um, I'm, I'm getting to the end of my message. Uh, I went to, to the hospital once, and I read Smith Wigglesworth, don't worry. I, I won't go, like, I, that was just once. But I, don't, I mustn't bind myself, maybe God will give me a Smith Wigglesworth anointing tonight. But Smith Wigglesworth um, had faith in God. He punched people in the stomach that had cancer. And people got healed. Uh, seriously, not punching them and hurting them, healing them. He hated the cancer and he said, God, you are the healer. And by faith, he give them a slap or punch them. So don't worry, maybe the Smith Wigglesworth anointing won't, won't come. But now I am young and on fire and in a hospital. Uh-oh. Smith Wigglesworth book, Fresh in the Mind. And here's this lady. Stomach cancer. She's not well. She's sick, and you can see the pain on her face. And so I'm standing with her. I said, Tani, I just, I'm just here to pray very gently. I'm here to pray for you. So now I'm, I said to her, just, I remember, I think I just said to her, put your hand here. So I put my hand on her stomach and I prayed. But I heard, I don't know if it was Smith Wigglesworth's book or God. I still don't know. <laughs> I, it can be, I don't know who it was. So I'm thinking... Shall I, shall I do it? I don't know. This is not a good thing. So I'm, I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. I said, well, this must be God. So I went, bah! And this, this lady was just so shocked. And as she was shocked, she wanted to grab me like this. I think she just wanted to, to get me Give me a slap or something. So I jumped back. I said, Tony, where's your pain? <laughs> and she found there's no pain. And she started crying. Now, years later, I'm in the street. And here's the stunning. But I didn't recognize her. She has a smile on her face. She said, you that guy that slapped me in the hospital. He said, let me tell you what happened. 
After that, I had no more pain and all traces of cancer disappeared from my body. I am healed. Was jy by my Clarissa to ons die tannie gekry het? Clarissa was with me in the street. She came and said, I'm healed. So, please don't try this. No. <laughs> God is faithful if you act in faith. But let's take the soft, nice approach, the gentle approach. And, and, and in general, that was the only time I slapped anyone. It worked once. I don't think I want to try it again. I was too worried. Stressed afterwards. So now I just pray gently. But if God speaks, I'll do. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> okay, so guys, we're going to do it tomorrow. Um, there's going to be an outreach tomorrow. We're going to go and heal the sick. Um, see a picture of someone getting healed. Test them afterwards. And the third time, leave them with a word of healing and go to the next person. Is that okay? You can't make them sick. You're going to heal them. You're going to make them well. If people are in this house, you came for healing, I will be here after this, after I finish this service now. I'll be staying just a while for people that need prayer for healing in your body. I'll just go, whoever needs healing, let me pray for you anyway. I hope I'm not making it difficult for the organizers <laughs> because we'll just come quickly and let's get it done and, and, and let me pray for you. Um, yeah, yeah, um, this, this, it can happen afterwards, like it did with that uncle. It can happen. So don't think it failed uh, if you didn't see it there. But I also want to tell you, don't leave it for... Any postponing is not of God. We want to see them well now. No, no, no. Because they're going to say, yeah, I'll see how I'll feel tomorrow. I said, no, how do you feel now? <laughs> I want to test it on the spot. A very good thing to remember. Keep it simple. Um, what about the devil, Pastor? Okay, I believe light removes darkness. Light removes darkness. I emphasize the presence of God. If I speak to sickness, I say sickness go. And they, so, but I don't spend much time on the devil. And amazingly, we see the blind, see the deaf, hear, lame walk. So it seems like it's not a. a um, this near, uh, is a prerequisite to, to, see, to seeing results. And the, the fact is, so I want you to, 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 to trust me in this. I want to encourage you, focus more on the light, and you'll see more of the light's results. Spend time knowing the God that heals. Forget about the sickness. Sickness will just obey you in the authority of God as you walk in it and grow in it. The devil goes by himself, like, hey, he's so much love, already lost. <laughs> We're not going to punch him, fight him, shout at him. <laughs> he's already gone. All right, so sickness is not of God, and, and it's darkness, and God is light, and light removes darkness. Okay? Um, the guy you pray for don't have to change his lifestyle in order for you to pray for him. Come on. A lifestyle is a good eating good, fitness and all of that. But um, we believe that God heals in spite of all of people's choices. We are not there to give them a, a lesson on eating, drinking, and fitness. We are there to heal them freely. And then God will start to work in their hearts and maybe part of the journey can be fitness, 
all of that, <laughs> if God wants to do that in people's lives. All right? But let's go and heal them freely and minister to them. If you see someone is overweight and their knees are hurting, pray for them with faith that God heals those knees. Come on, you're not there to, to, to coach them. And to, I, I, I touched a nerve here. Can I just explain a little bit? Okay, so, so, so the healing is free, guys. Okay, for all of you healthy eaters, keep going. All right? No, no, no. I'm serious. That's a good thing. It's never a bad thing. And, and same for me. I should check my, uh, what I eat as well. But um, you, when you go, when you, no, I'm serious, what I just said. A good thing is not a bad thing, and a bad thing is not a good thing. Okay, so just, just have some wisdom here. But now, if, if I go to some places that I go to, and some of the beliefs of Christians on eating and all of that is, is like a prerequisite for people to be well. Those people eat what they get. They can't eat healthy. They just eat whatever they get. So are they disqualified for the healing? No. No. So if you can, if you can eat well and you can do that, do it. Do according to what you feel in your heart. But don't think of these natural things. When you trust God, the guys just had to look on the snake at the, like the, if they were overweight or what. Maybe they were not because all, all of them were walking very far. But as you, as you look to the cross, as they looked at the snake on the pole, they were well. Yeah, it's free. It's nothing to do with the natural. We've had people on outreaches, then they want to give them diet plans and this little pull they got. I said, please, leave the pills, leave the diet plans. Please, we're trusting God for a miracle now. And a miracle takes faith. <laughs> and God will give you a miracle for free, not because you deserve it. He's not blessing your lifestyle with a miracle. <laughs> it says, here it is for free, it's a gift. You can have perfect health by faith in Christ. And obviously, walking with Christ will change your life. But perfect health by faith in Christ. Communion is superfood. You want to be healthy? Take communion day by day, understanding, understanding what it stands for. Now, the best healthy food you can get is the communion. All right, so in perspective, not against any healthy eating, any training, exercise, all of that is good. Even the Bible says it's good. But, but what's more important is hearing the Word. Like um, eating from the tree of life should be your number one priority. You, you can do all of the rest and still fail in, in some aspect. You know, um, people can be eating healthy. They go to a country where there's malaria and they get malaria and they die. Just to put it in perspective. So, so rather trust God and go to that country and come back well. <laughs> Amen. And you can be fit and all of that as well. Amen. I hope I put it in perspective. Not, not to put it in like a negative light. Oh, hierdie gezonde mensen. Yeah, praise die Heere. <laughs> if you're fit and healthy and strong. I mean, praise die Heere for that. But don't put that as an emphasis when we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And also, don't judge people according to where they are. Uh, we don't uh, look at any person in the natural anymore. 
supernatural perfect spirit and, and minister to that and, and see uh, inside out transformation. Inside out transformation. Amen. God bless you. Sorry, I took a little bit of extra time. I will be here praying. What is it with this Afrikaans? Come and I'll pray for you. We're going to do people praying for prayer. Um, the people who came for prayer that we're going to pray for. But I, I, I want to share this with you. So we've had many healing lines in this church. And as pastor, I'm praying for people in the healing line. But we've got other people in this church who are also praying. Okay? So pray for a guy. Pray for him once, twice, three times. Maybe just once. Because I've got an entire healing line doubled up. We've got like three lines. We've got to get through the night. Can't stay with one person. Okay? So pray. Now I forget what's behind. And I move on. It didn't happen with my prayer. Someone else in the church comes to the same guy. Half an hour later, he's still standing in the same place. Lays hands on the first time, he jumps up healed. You understand, we're a body with many elements, hands, fingers, toes, whatever, the body. The body moves in healing. It's not reserved to some superstars who they've got to drink the dream. You understand? That to, for you to, when to on, on tomorrow, you're out there and someone's prayed for and they're still standing in the line, they haven't received, you go ahead and you do your prayer. It's a multiple attack. We, we're breaking into darkness and bringing light. And let's do it in mass. Okay? And then just one last massive testimony. There was this couple whose mom and dad and everybody, the mom was in hospital with a brain tumor. And the, um, the family didn't like the fact that they were with people who believed in laying on of hands and stuff in their church. So they said to this couple, you stay away from mom, you take your healing doctrine, and you humble. You just get out of here. You're not allowed to come and pray for mom. So they said, look, mom's going in for this massive op. They said to me, what must we do? I said, you come and see me. So they came. I said, but you bring a bottle of water with you. They brought a bottle of water. They said, okay, now, you are going to hospital. You're going to greet your mom. You're going to go and pray for mom. You're going to go and see mom. You're not going to pray for her. Because they're watching you. You're not allowed to pray for her. We're going to pray over this water. You're going to go in. You're going to say, hi, mom. We, we wish you luck for your op, whatever. Take the old water. Say, we brought you a fresh bottle of water. And while the whole family are watching you because you're not allowed to pray for her, you just greet mom, give her a hug, and you leave. They left the water there. Mom drank the water. Guess what? She went in for the op. They opened up her head. They found nothing but a little bit of wet bloodiness inside her head. No tumor, no nothing. Gone. Totally healed. Let us not limit God to the mannerism in which, which way He must heal, but entrust Him as the creator of heaven and earth to do miracles far above our thinking. And thank you, Madness, for really, really bringing 
That's what he's here for, to bring the nitty-gritty of the thing and show it to you and say, this is how it works. Let's just pray together for people that's going to go out tomorrow. Just close, close your eyes. Put your hand on your heart. Father, I thank you. You are with us. You are more than enough. I thank you, Lord, for miracles that will flow, an impartation of miracles and grace to heal the sick. Thank you, Lord, for supernatural results in this church, that people will get healed. People will come to this place to be healed from all over Cape Town and areas surrounding. From far they will come, and they will see the miracle power of Jesus in this house. I see those walls, that spirit word with the crutches. I see crutches on these walls. I see the healing power of Jesus manifested in this house. And I thank you, Lord, for Sean and Dave and everyone here, the leadership of this church, that the miracles will break through, that there will be a healing revival in Cape Town in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.